Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, Sarah, I am so excited for this. First of all, thank you for your work, because I don't think until I actually sat down this morning and was like digesting how I know you and like how far back we go that I was really like, oh, you're one of these like rare people that does fitness and health content that I follow without ever feeling less than without ever Hmm. feeling I don't know. Is that, I would love to sort of hear your origin story in, because I know you have an education in health and in kinesiology and, you know, you do a lot of this work, but in the name of the game, most pages that find a lot of success in health and fitness are these very quick before and afters, these big transformations. I mean, I say it because I was it, mm-hmm. but I, with you, it's never been that it's never been body centric. It's never been more than just consistency, relatable, achievable health and fitness with ideas and all of that. So I'd love to go back to before you were a creator and how you got into this work and how you kind of found your calling in it. Yeah, first, thank you so much. And I mean, I love following you for so many of the same reasons. I think it's just the authenticity. It's about sharing our love and our passion for the things that we love so much. Mm So my background is I have a kinesiology degree. I'm a personal trainer, boot camp instructor, fitness instructor, all that fun stuff. My love for health and fitness kind of came through sport. So it was always about just being active. I was very lucky. I had a super active family. My dad would literally take me out to like the track and like time my 100 meter runs. And that's really how we connected. And sport Mm -hmm. was always like, a big part of my life of my friend groups of like my social circles. And in sport too, I noticed that like there were differences between me and my teammates. Like I wear hijab. And so the uniform was like shorts and a t-shirt and my coaches would be like, all right, well, you know, like you wear long pants and long sleeves. That's totally fine. But you're still part of the group. So I even felt then that even though I looked different, I was still part of the group. And the thing I loved is that I would 
get on like the court or the field or whatever I was doing. And people had no idea just by looking at me, if I was good, if I wasn't like, you know, and I really loved that, like Mm. I'm kind of throwing people off. And I felt that in fitness as well. I was like, I'm showing up. You don't know if I can play well. You don't know. You know, a lot of times people might look at me and be like, okay, well, she just plays who knows if she's good. And then you show up and they're like, oh, she kind of knows what she's doing. She's the captain. She's this. And I felt from that sense that even though I felt like there were a lot of times with my hijab, I felt like maybe I was being held back. But in those moments, I felt like it didn't matter what I looked like. It was just my skill. It was what I could do. It was how I communicated with my team. That was like the most important thing. And I really carried that through throughout school and throughout university. And I always like knew I would never be able to sit at a desk. It was just something I knew I couldn't mm-hmm. do being like mm-hmm. the third kid being super active. It was like, you know, I'm like, what am I going to do as a career? And so when I found kinesiology, I was like, this is perfect. My love and passion for getting people active. And it wasn't it was never about how a person looked, because for me, mm-hmm. it was always about how fitness made me feel. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to help people feel confident, feel healthy, be able to like climb trees and be able to go on hikes because for me that was so important and that's something I used to do I used to play basketball with my dad at our in our like in our driveway and I used to try to run and keep up with my brother who was 10 years older than me and I felt like fitness for me was like a way that I could not only prove myself but was how I could express myself and so for me it was really important to show that to other people like you know when you love something so much you kind of want to shout it from the rooftops oh yeah you can't shut up about it yeah yeah exactly So talk to me about when you became a creator, especially like, when did you start? Because I feel like I followed you for as long as I've known Instagram. (laughs) You've been around for a long time. Yeah. I'm thinking about the beginning of social media. Again, me, I was the one who did this, but (laughs) there was, it was the, the world was before and afters. The world was like, social media was all about showcasing your abs and showcasing Mm -hmm. how you looked. When you entered that space, did you... How did you find the path of being able to share what you were doing and consistently grow on social media while not doing things that way and while honoring the way that you showed up and like a very different athleisure? I mean, you're always covered. And I would also love to know, like, do you ever do you find that because you've always been sort of not body centric throughout your whole life with this stuff and very driven by the sport itself or being athletic and being active, did you find it was easier for you when you entered into social media to not do that comparison game? Or did you still fall into that trap? So I'd love to sort of hear both sides of that, your experience into social media and how you sort of branched away from what was very much the norm. Yeah. So I kind of have always taught classes and it's always been like women's only classes. So a lot of my classes, it's a women's only class. So in front of women, I don't cover, I'll wear like a tank top and tights Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had that experience and I was always teaching and like, you know, I worked at Good Life Forever and they had women's only gyms and that's where I worked. And so I always had that exposure to and a lot of my clients probably didn't even know that I wore hijab because they'd see me at the women's only gym and they'd see me and like my you know when I walked in the door there's no man I would take off my hijab but with when it started with social media going back to that first part I started about 10 years ago 10 yeah I would say and it was it wasn't the idea of like I'm going to start but I don't even think we knew what social media was going to be 10 years ago it was kind of like just a way to share we moved around a lot my husband was in school and work and we moved around and I started making connections with friends and it was funny I we just had our kids and so 
you know, to get to know people, we lived in Michigan. And I was like, right, the best way to get to know people is to join mom and baby groups. And so we do that. We'd meet at, we'd meet at like a community center or a local church. And when people quickly found out that I was a trainer, they're like, forget this mommy and me circle. Let's do like a fun boot camp or let's do this. And so it was a really fun way for, I'd love it. Like we'd go, we'd have our babies on our mat. We'd do our workout. We'd get them involved. And so that was initially as a mom, how I connected. And I, you know, you have all these ideas. And even from training, I was training since I was, you know, 1920. So I, even though I had moms that were clients, I had older women that were clients. I didn't really understand what they were going through until I went through it myself. Mm. Right. So it really helped me realize that, no, it's not as easy as what I tell them to do. Like show up three times a week. I know you're tired. I know you're busy, but do what you have to do. This is your goal. This is what you want to reach. And even though I didn't like you, you couldn't see my body and I would cover, like I was still part of that fitness mentality of like, Mm -hmm. it's, calories in versus calories out, push as hard as you can deprive yourself. Like those were yeah. things that I, that was, I was surrounded by that. So those were yeah. things that it was the norm. It's all anybody really was exposed to. And I was kind of putting on to my clients looking yeah. back. I kind of feel really bad that I did that because I hadn't gone through the experiences of myself when you've been all up, up all night with your kid and all you want, all you get to eat is their leftovers and you grab that, you know, like that sugary drink or you grab that chocolate because that's, what's going to give you energy. And yeah. I was not judgmental, but I was like, it's, if you really want these goals, you're going to work as hard as you can. And I'm going to, so I really had that mentality going in. And then after I was a mom, I was like, Oh, I want to go back and apologize. So <laughs> I wish I had more compassion for you. I wish I had more patience. I wish I really understood where you were coming from. And so that's kind of how I started sharing was, you know, we would move around, I'd make a group of friends, and then we'd move around. And just like Facebook, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to post on Instagram, because I liked the way I could edit my pictures on it. And I show mm-hmm. you like, you know, what I was doing with the kids and what I'd be doing in terms of my own fitness goals, and not realizing that my profile was public, I'd get like, you know, a couple months in, I'd get a message from someone being like, I love that you go out jogging in your hijab with your kids. Like, I live here so and so and I've never seen anyone like me do that. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, okay, first of all, I don't even know this person. How do they? And it just kind of snowballed yeah. into that, which was really nice. And that's when that sense of community started. And I was like, oh, I can reach people. I didn't, it wasn't even the intention of like getting people active. It was like, this is what I'm doing. And it was to share with people that I'd known in the past. And then also when that started happening, I was like, well, maybe I could do this, maybe this. And at that time, like for me, I was following a lot of people on YouTube, especially was big, like mm-hmm. these fitness videos they were always in sports bras and tank tops and shorts. And I was like, okay. And I felt like, how am I supposed to put myself out there? People don't know, you know, I really thought that you had to look a certain way to be in fitness online, right? Because that's all you saw, right? And you're Mm -hmm. like, well, who's going to follow my workouts if I don't have that six pack? And if I don't have that, or they don't see it. And another big thing that worried me was like, if I'm wearing looser clothing, maybe you don't see my form. How are you going to be able to follow? So that was another thing that I thought of a lot too, is that, you know, if I'm like, all right, you want to see your shoulders or this, like they can't see my shoulders. So is that something that, so those are the blocks. And I think a lot of times it was just me talking myself out of it because I was too nervous to put myself out there in the first place, thinking of every excuse. And so, yeah, kind of seeing what was out there. I didn't actually think that it was going to be what it is today in this fitness community and people Mm -hmm. all over the world kind of connecting, whether you're covered or not, whether you come from the same, you know, culture or background or religion. I just love that. Again, it's a space where like you said before, and I love that you said it's, I don't want you to feel judged. I just want you to feel like mm. it's for everybody. It's not about how you look. It's about how it makes you feel. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like the big thing. And, and yeah, like it's tough. There's no before and after you don't see, you know, when I had this and this, and you don't know. And sometimes that's better. Someone actually mentioned, she goes, actually like not knowing whether you have a six pack or not. It, is, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like I have to like work up to that. I want to see how you do the exercise and that's what I want to work towards. And so little things like that have made really helped me kind of 
push out more in terms of like, you know, not worrying so much about how I look or what I'm wearing. It's more about how it's connecting with people and how they're feeling. Yeah. And I think there's like a lot of, there's so much room for people to sort of get lost on the path. Right. And I know for myself, I, I grew up with a mom with an autoimmune condition. She has chronic illness and we were, we went for walks every single day. Walks is what I knew. I was terrified of sports. So I didn't grow up as like the athlete. So when I found fitness in my twenties and early thirties, I was like so full into whatever I would consume online. Didn't matter how dangerous it was. It didn't matter what the form was about. It was free information that I was just taking in. And Mm -hmm. so as I've sort of like come down from that a little bit, now I'm in this space where I had a really, I mean, many people know that I was put on pelvic rest during my pregnancy and then I lost my relationship with fitness. And now I'm in a new relationship with fitness. Like, as you said, in that, post, it's like two years postpartum, but regardless, like post kids, like that sort of those chaotic years where you are sort of like very rushed through things. But I read this article really recently that said about the behaviors of the parents, like really indicate the behaviors of the children. And I recognize that like my kids are relatively active, but I think that they're doing that for social things. And I'm like, they're not watching they're watching me like go to the gym or they're watching Mm. me like, but they're not active. We're not like the way that you talk about like your family where you like connect over doing things together that are athletic. I'm like, they don't get that. They get me leaving to go do something, Mm. but we're not connecting over it. They're not seeing me in real time, be intentional with myself, which makes me feel like when they grow up, I want them to think about themselves, even in the chaos of things, but with a gentle mm-hmm. heart and mind. Yeah. And I think that's something that, especially over the pandemic, where a lot of people felt very lost in how mm-hmm. the heck are we going to find our world when it's not in a in a room with other people that mm-hmm. internalizes our competitiveness, that makes us want to go faster? How do we do this? And I watched you sort of like have this rise. I'm sure you felt that too, where you were, you'd always been doing this. You'd been doing this consistent at home, mm-hmm. sustainable recipes and workouts. So what was your big turning point on social media or has it been like this slow tick? Cause you're like almost 300,000 followers on Instagram, no small feat, especially over a long time. Some people will never reach that, but for as somebody who is not doing what typically fitness and, and wellness practices are on social media, because you have veered away from that and honored your true self through it, where did you really find that community grew? Was it during the pandemic? Was it a slow tick over time? What did that look like for you? It's definitely been slow and steady. Mm. <laughs> slow yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, though. and it, it has been, and you know, you get bogged up in the numbers and you're like, I've been doing, you know what I mean? It's really hard. Or you're like someone who just shows their, and I do want to talk about like the toxic, like the fit check right before the workout. And I'm yeah. like, well, I can't do that. You can't see my six pack. I don't yeah. have a six pack. So that's okay. But, and I'm like, oh, these are the people who are getting the views and these are the numbers rising. And these are the videos that are getting saved. But you know what? Every, at every point, I always come back to intention. And am mm-hmm. I, Am I putting out something that I am happy that I'll be in 10 years, 20 years that I will be happy with? I have a growing daughter. She's 12, son that's 14. And I really want them to be able to look at my content and never feel like it was just for clicks or was just to Mm -hmm. get someone feeling bad about themselves. And that's why they're doing my program or my workout. And so it's always been that from the beginning. And I like what you said about fitness. And I realized how blessed I was to grow up in an active family. Mm -hmm. Sports was super Mm -hmm. encouraged. My dad was back in Kenya. He was a fitness instructor. 
sorry, he was a gym teacher. They moved to Canada. I was born in Canada, but fitness was always kind of how we connected with our family. Yeah. My mom, I never, she never worked out, but she was active. Same as your mom. We'd go for mm-hmm. walks every day. And yeah. I'm like, this woman, how do I, I can't even keep up with her. I was like 14 and she's like walking so fast. And I'm like jogging <laughs> behind her. I'm like, she's always had that like busy body mom, which I think a lot of our moms do. So she was yes. active in another way, not in the way that, you know, we think of being active now in terms of yeah. working out. Funny thing, right before the pandemic, I taught seniors classes at the mosque and my mom would come in and like my parents were, and it was so nice to be able to like give back to these like aunties oh in the goodness. community that I grew up with and just yeah. to see them take finally in their, you know, sixties and seventies, take that time for their fitness. Like, you know, they'd come in week after week and they're like, I got a set of weights. I got new track pants. I got, you know, and like, they were finally treating themselves. And, and even for them, I had to meet them where they were at. I couldn't expect mm-hmm. them to be like, this is what we're going to do. It's like, they're just starting. Let's, let's find what works for them. And I think when it comes to fitness as a family too, we were talking about that. Don't think you have to be playing football with your kids or basketball with your kids. Just if it's a little hike, if you love going for yeah. ice cream, let's walk to the ice cream shop. Let's, yes. you know, let's take our bikes. And so that slowly, slowly they see that like activity can a be something that's social, enjoyable. It's not something that has to be competitive. It's not something that mm-hmm. has to be measured. It can be something as simple as an evening stroll with your family to go and get ice cream. It can be something as simple as that going for dinner downtown and then walking along the waterfront. Like it can mm-hmm. be simple things like that. I think that sometimes we get so overwhelmed and we really say, oh, we're not doing this and this and this. Well, let's look at what we can do and let's look at how we can make it enjoyable for the whole family too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually love that you said that because uh, we were laying in bed last night and we're like, we struggle so much with the end of the day because it's so chaotic. There's always mm-hmm. somebody who has something and we're, you know, going all over the place all the time when that's working. It's just not what it was a couple years ago where those evening strolls were a really big part of our life. And so, and to your point about, you know, trying to do things that our kids might emulate most, I, one of my kids knows how to ride a bike. Oh, I don't know how to ride a bike. So one of them does and a neighbor taught them. So I've committed this summer to like learning to ride a bike. And so I've started, but I'm really like, it's, it's really thinking outside of myself and really being like, I'm so scared to ride a bike, but then I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm passing that on to my children. They don't know how to ride a bike because I've taught them that it's scary that it's mm-hmm. hard. And like, mm-hmm. no, when I talked about not being able to ride a bike, I was shocked at how many people had had the same experience and not yeah. because it was their parents didn't try or anything, but some of us just got really in our heads about it and never gave it a mm, shot. For sure. And yeah. so when it comes to like things like that, like when we didn't have these like evening walks, cause life got chaotic. We're no longer mm-hmm. in this pandemic where that was like the normal thing to just exactly. walk Life's all the time. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, we're, uh, well, I was reading something about the fact that we really shouldn't be on our phones first thing in the day. And my husband and I were like, that's all we do. We lay in the bed yeah. and we scroll everything for an hour, for a full yeah. hour. And then we're like, where's the time? Where's yeah, exactly. the time? Yeah. And so we were like, what if we committed a month to just getting up in the morning and actually just going for a walk? Like instead of trying it. to fit it everywhere else, we have this like dead zone of time. Yeah, that exactly. we're, you know, fi- And I feel like that's where I feel like a lot of us get really tripped up in when it comes mm-hmm. to things. And what we did is we decided we're going to do a month. We're not going to commit like, this is what we do forever. We're going to do yeah, one month yeah. and then Let's reevaluate and see what we like. But mm-hmm. to your point, and like when it comes to, you know, finding that consistency, I think the problem is a lot of times we go so big and we like yeah. sign up for, I mean, I'm, I'm part of a gym, but exactly. it's like across town. It's a, mm-hmm. usually an hour and a half to two hour commitment when I go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's totally fine. 
but not always accessible. So when I don't have that time, then we fall into this, well, what do I do now? And I used to know the answer to that, but the problem is I did it in such a problematic way. So finding Mm -hmm. that way to actually show up for ourselves. So talk to me a little bit about how you sort of have taught over the years of actually showing up for ourselves where we're at and Mm -hmm. finding fitness that's accessible, achievable, whether you're starting at like 75 or whether you're two years postpartum and just finding that space. What does that look like? What's an achievable amount of fitness that we can implement into our lives in the everyday or every week? Yeah. And I think like you mentioned, it's all about the things that you're all actually going to show up to. So I can give you an amazing program. You can join an amazing gym that has every top of the line equipment. Mm-hmm. That's great. But if you're not going to consistently show up and yeah, three to four times a week, it's not going to do you any good. Right. And that's why mm-hmm. walking has, I feel like walking's had a resurgence because it's yes. simple. It's accessible to most people. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I realize the privilege, like a lot of times I'll share in my stories, I've gone out for a walk and the amount of messages I got on that too, is like, how do you feel safe going out by yourself? And I was like, oh, I know I, I feel like yeah. areas where people don't feel safe. So yeah. that's a privilege as well. And then taking it back to, okay, well, what can you do in the confines of your own house? Right? Like mm-hmm. we all have a little bit of space. So I think first and foremost, you have to think of the things that you'll be able to do consistently that you can always come back to, because mm-hmm. if it's about getting that expensive piece of equipment or getting those shoes or getting that fit check that those like leggings and this that those are all fun but you don't need any of that stuff mm-hmm. and I can attest like I said to my seniors that were coming up and they're like Indian shalwar kameez and busting out their workouts and doing amazing you don't need to be in any specific workout gear right of course yes. if you wear things that make you feel good that make you feel comfortable but don't ever feel like you have to look a certain way you have to have the certain things mm-hmm. you don't have a set of weights use water bottles, use a bag of, you know, like rice, like improvise. And, you know, if you're showing up for yourself, that's the most important part. And in terms of what you're doing, I would suggest if you're not doing anything, start with a walk, like literally, like you said, I love that you do it. Like you're doing that in the morning. First of all, you're getting out, you're getting fresh air, you're spending Mm -hmm. time with your partner, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. Who knows one day your kids might be like, Oh, mom and dad are going for a walk. Let's join them. Like you never know Mm -hmm. the little, even if you're not inviting them, they see that they say that you're taking time for your, for yourself, for your relationship, you get sunlight that helps you sleep later on in the day. Like all these little things that you don't realize makes you feel more productive throughout the day. You, if movement is the first thing you're doing in the day, you're more likely to maybe drink more water, have better, like healthy, like eating choices throughout the day, right? Because you've done something to move your body. So For me, what I really like to tell my clients or anyone asking is find things that you'll be able to do every day, whether it's a walk, if it's like a quick 15 minute video, like we have access to workouts on YouTube, online, Mm -hmm, find mm -hmm. something. And now we're very lucky there. There is going to be someone hopefully that resonates with you that you're going to feel like you can follow along with that. You're going to hopefully enjoy their workouts. Right. So important to do that. I really, as I'm getting older, weight training is so, so important. And again, it doesn't have to be heavy weights, but any type of resistance training. So if you're doing your cardio, your bike riding, your walk, swimming, whatever, make sure you're adding in resistance training. And that can be something simple as body weight, like some squats, mm-hmm. some push-ups. We want to work those muscles. We want them to get stronger. As women, we want our bones to get stronger. We want to increase that bone density. So if you start thinking about the way you're helping your body when you're working out for your future self and the things mm-hmm. you're helping your physical self, you really sometimes you know, a lot of us have goals of like looking a certain way or having a certain weight on the scale. But if you can separate that and be like, this is why I'm working out for my future self yes. to be active, to enjoy, you know, myself in my 60s, 70s, beyond, right? I think that shift has helped a lot of people in terms of being more consistent and showing up 
for themselves. Yeah. A lot of times they'll join a program or they'll do a workout and two weeks in, they step on the scale. They're like, I'm not losing any weight, throw in the towel. I don't want to do this anymore. No, you don't know all the things that you can't see the services mm-hmm. that you're doing to your heart, your lungs, your blood flow, your muscles, your bones. Right. So mm. I really think that thinking in terms of, you know, the, the physical benefits that your body's having yes. is so important and will help you stay consistent as well. I love that you bring up weight training because I think that that was a turning point for me when it came to fitness because it was the first time that it wasn't about what you lost or what mm-hmm. you weighed. It was more about how much you could lift and yeah. how much stronger you were getting. And I really, exactly. really, that's what I think was like a really hard point when I like lost that for such a significant amount of time to have to, I mean, coming back into fitness again, I was like, okay, I'm going to go running and this is like my new thing. And then obviously I'm, I have signed up for a run Disney. I'm very excited for it. I'm still, I'm cross training for it because I started running and all of a sudden my face puffed up extremely. And I went to the doctor and like between my cortisol and my thyroid, there's like other things going on. It's an added stress. So one thing I'd like to like hear from you or like, what are some really gentle approaches, especially to anybody who's maybe struggling with thyroid or cortisol, like Cortisol is obviously our life stress. So I feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of people, when I started sharing about going through this, there were so many people who were like, yes, me too. And like walking is a great one because it doesn't really spike your, I remember my naturopath was like, I just need you doing things that aren't going to make your heart rate go too wild because your Mm -hmm. body is just reading stress. It doesn't know that you're doing something good for yourself. All it hears is that your heart is racing and that you're maybe a little stressed out. So mm-hmm. within the realms of like trying to find things that actually help our central nervous system and our hormone health as well, what are like some really great beyond walking ideas that we can be doing that are accessible even at home as well? Yeah, for sure. And I love that what you're saying. And I wanted to take it back to what I was telling you when I was in my you know, like early twenties training my clients. I'm like, just do 20 more burpees. And they're like, oh my God. And now now, as I'm 42, I'm like, I feel you. Like I don't want to do burpees nonstop. (laughs) Like, you know, and where I was totally fine doing that, you know, up until like, even after the kids, but just recently I've really noticed that like, you do need to listen to your body and that, that sometimes that added stress is not going to benefit you the way you think it is. So Mm. even I used to love running same. And I feel like now I feel it in my joints a little bit more. I'm like, I don't know, like maybe the 30 minute walk or an hour walk is better than a 30 minute run. Right. And and you really need to listen to your body as well. Mm. And don't think of it as a sign. Like for me, who's always been active, I'm, I, it was really hard for me to be like, oh, I'm not as strong as I was before. You know, I I should be able to do what I did in my twenties and my forties. No, your body changes. You've been through so much. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I said, walking's great, hiking, even just like hiking where you're like going up and down. If you can find some sort of train that challenges you a little bit, those little cool. challenges yeah. are good. So you can even go slow, but those little like elevations up, down, you know, you're working your joints, you're working your muscles in different ways. I really like things like mobility is something I've really focused on a lot more because we want to make sure that our joints are, you know, working okay. And we're working through certain ranges of motions that a lot of times as we age, but also like a lot of our jobs are just sitting, right? So we're not moving the way we used to, right? And and one thing I think has come out of the pandemic is we're not, we're not as active as we used to be, right? Because it's so easy to order things. It's so easy to click a button and it shows up at your door. And while there are conveniences that you don't realize all the little movements we ha- used to have. Yes, the day, exactly. Right? Exactly. So I think we're missing on that. So mobility is really important. So even if it's fitting in like a five minute mobility routine in the morning, kind of like, you know, as you're listening to something, or I really like to like habit stack. So I wake up, 
same. I always go on my phone. So I'm really trying to break that habit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, go out for my walk. I love listening to podcasts. So I go out for my walk and I come home. And if I still have like 10 minutes of my podcast, I'll do like a little mobility routine before I even just Smart. put my hands on something. Cause I'm still listening. Yeah. I can move my body. So I find things like that are really important. Strength training. I try to do four to five times a week. And sometimes it is, I'm, I'm lucky I have weights in the basement. We have like a little setup. So I do do things like squats. And so as you find just say you're doing body squats and you can do about 10 to 15 and you're like, I can do three sets. It's getting easier. Maybe that's when it's time to add a little bit of resistance. So really listen to your body. So mm -hmm. if you notice, like if you're consistent, I would say even every like three to four weeks, that's when you can add a little bit more. So if you're doing just regular body squats and you're like, this is getting pretty easy for me, maybe you go slower. Maybe it's yes. holding at the bottom, right? And then you can add a little bit of weight. So you can hold on to something heavy. You can have dumbbells on your side. So always adding a little bit of resistance. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be super heavy weights, but it's always kind of challenging. So our bodies are super efficient. They will learn the easiest most efficient way to do something. So as you get stronger, you need to push it a little bit more and be like, all right, I'm mm -hmm. going to challenge you a little bit more. So you need to wake mm -hmm. up the, that nervous system. You need to wake up those muscles. But again, always do it in a way that you feel comfortable, safe. You feel like your body can handle it and always try different things. And a lot of times people don't like weight training. Try a sport, try tennis, mm -hmm. try something that you enjoy that will challenge you. I love that you bring up the squats and like sort of going by your own measurement of mm -hmm. what you can do. Because when I first started working out, I was married to an athlete and he was so athletic. He just could do everything. So I was so embarrassed. I used to lock the door. <laughs> and I remember reading that like the best way to learn a squat was like to put a chair behind you and like, just go to sit down, but like, don't mm -hmm. actually sit. And the first I could do one squat, the very okay. first day I could do one squat. Yeah. And then the next day I did two. And I remember at the end of the month, I was able to do like 16 or something. And then I, I sort of approached it as it doesn't matter how many everybody else can do. What matters yeah. is I started being able to do one and I got to 16. The same with running. My first mm -hmm. mile took me 19 minutes. By the end of even uh, the first I think six weeks, I had gotten it down to 12 minutes. And I was just so amazed because it didn't matter what my friend Michael was running. It didn't exactly. matter what the person beside me was running. It didn't matter anymore because it was what I could do. And when I first entered into, you know, you come from like this world of, you know, knowing this stuff. And what's hard for a lot of people is when you don't, you do feel so outside and it's hard to have mm -hmm. this like gentle approach to, okay, I, I'm able to do one squat and maybe that's not what the girl on TikTok was like showing me how to do, yeah. but I can do one squat today. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. Like that is like these digestible little bits. I love that this is the way that you teach and that you talk about fitness because it really is self-led and it really mm -hmm. is putting, I mean, even the podcasting, I remember when I used to try and get a certain amount of time in of walking I mean, a crime podcast, I would put them on all the time because I need, which is terrifying yeah. when you're walking at nighttime. So I wouldn't no, I recommend that part. But my whole thing was I can't listen to the end of the episode until I finish. So I yeah. would have to know what happened. So I would mm -hmm. get through or I'd do these like almost like chapter stories where you would have yeah. to like, you would want to keep going because you yeah, want to exactly. know what happened. There's different mm -hmm. ways of motivating. And something that I've really exactly. come to realize for myself is that it was so much easier when I hated myself. It was so much easier to be motivated 
to restrict and to work out. Mm -hmm. I was working out three times a day, not recommended, but Mm -hmm. I was doing so much because I hated how I looked. I wanted this achievement. I wanted the notoriety. I wanted Mm -hmm. the validation. So I went for it. And what's interesting now is when you come into a place of love, you Mm -hmm. need motivators that are love. You need motivators that aren't seeing a girl on TikTok and feeling shit about yourself and then being like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and do these things out because I feel shame because I feel bad. Mm -hmm. It is so important that we pay attention to how to love ourselves and love Mm -hmm. fitness. So it is sustainable that it is long-term, you know, goals here. Is there anything you would say to somebody who's like, all right, we're going to start with a squat today. We're going to start with like a 15 minute walk. I'm going to try a little, these tiny bits of things, Mm -hmm. but how would you, and how have you seen with your clients over time, build consistency and build a sustainable relationship with fitness? Yeah, for sure. So I love that you shared that about the squats. And I think that that's the biggest thing is we have all these external goals we want to hit, right? Mm-hmm. I want to lose X amount of weight. I want to fit back into the jeans that I was wearing when I was 20. And I've had three kids, like your body changes, yeah. right? So while those sometimes might get you started, it's really hard. And those are external factors, right? Like you said, like you sometimes are motivated by external. I want I want to like, I'm having a reunion and I want to show everybody how good I'm going to look. And that's mm-hmm. great. Like, you know, but sometimes that's what gets you in the gym now or get you moving. But in terms of if you're just starting off, it can be so intimidating. Like we were just talking before, like even over the pandemic or a lot of times I'll watch these videos and I'm like, dude, I'm in the fitness industry and I feel intimidated. Like, should I be looking like that? Does that mean that I'm not fit if I don't look like that? Do you know how much work and effort goes into looking like that? And a lot of times those people are doing unhealthy things to get to that point. And I really want people to understand that. I'm not calling anyone out, but a lot of times it's to have that low body fat percentage that like you're, you're depriving yourself of certain yeah. things. Right. And so, you know, and that doesn't always mean healthy. You can have someone no. who doesn't look like yeah. that, who is just as healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that first and foremost is as, as hard as it is because it's right in front of you and it's constant. Right. And it's always being thrown at you. Um, it's really important to know that you're coming from where you are. Don't compare your, you know, they say, don't compare your chapter 10 to someone's chapter 10 to your chapter one. And you're reading a completely different book sometimes, right? Like yeah, your goal is just true. to be active, right? So come into where you're at. And the beautiful thing about fitness is wherever you start, there's always an improvement. You're always going to get better whenever mm-hmm. you're doing, right? Which is so nice. Even if you have an injury, you're, you have a, you know, a foot injury, you can still work on that upper body. You can still work yes. on your mobility in certain ways. So, and really learning that it's, very fluid. It's very, you know, like you can focus on different things. It's not always about the same thing. So that's the beauty of fitness that I find. But if you're coming in, like it's, it's nice to have little mini goals, like weekly goals, like, okay, I'm going to try and, you know, like you said, if it's a podcast, I'm going to try and do this walk 20 minute walk three times a week. And Mm -hmm. that's great. And then maybe you might hate it at the beginning and two weeks in, you're like, Oh, I'm not huffing and puffing. I'm doing this walks and I'm feeling great. And I'm doing an extra 10 minutes. Like be, have your like be aware of those changes because sometimes they happen so subtly and so quickly that you don't even realize it. You might walk with a girlfriend or you might do a class with a girlfriend and you might not even be able to have a conversation the first couple of times you do it. And you're like, how are these people talking? I'm huffing and puffing a few weeks in you're laughing, you're talking, and you don't even realize that your cardiovascular fitness is getting stronger because you're able to do the exercise and talk, Mm -hmm. but you might not even realize that that progression is happening. So yes. I think it's really nice to tune into what your body is doing and how quickly it can get stronger and it can adapt. 
And it's always fun to have these like little mini challenges, I think as well, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I used to climb this hill and I could never do it. Like, let me do it a couple of times a month and see how I get stronger, how I get better, how it gets easier. I think yeah. that those are the ways when you track it like that, that's what's going to keep you consistent and hopefully enjoying the process as well. Yeah, like finding, yeah having fun and finding yeah. those ways to like really enjoy it. I think that that's, I mean, that's motivation with love without hate, right? Because mm -hmm. it, like I said, it can be discouraging. And sometimes we feel really lost when we don't know how to approach fitness without it being about a look and without yeah. it being about an end goal of one certain thing. But if our goal can just be improving on who we were yesterday or who we are mm -hmm. today, I find for myself, I like, I liked putting down like those little track things where I'm like, yeah. this is, I remember when I first started weightlifting and you had to like mark down what you did. And then, you know, you would go through three months and I remember my trainer would be like, now look back on like what you did at the beginning. And it's like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Realize. And I remember one time and one day I was in the class and I was like, oh, you know, I've never been able to do a pull-up my whole life. I've never been able to do monkey bars. I've never been able to do a pull-up. I just want to do one so bad. I want to be strong enough to do that. And he goes, <laughs> So how much do you weigh? I don't remember what I said at the time. Yeah. And then he goes, can you lift that? And I'm like, I know. no. <laughs> and, he's like, and you're so also very why? tall. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, so why did you think that you should automatically be able to yeah. do a pull up? So then he was like, let's, he's like, let's give you the sensation. So you know what you're working towards. And he put elastic bands mm -hmm. under my feet so I could feel yeah. what a pull up was. And he's like, you're still lifting about half your body weight here. Yeah. That's incredible. We'll keep going down elastic bands mm -hmm. and we'll get you to doing a pull up. Then the pandemic happened. So I didn't get to, but <laughs> I was like, so amazed that we can sort of talk ourselves out so quickly from experiences mm -hmm. because I never could do monkey bars as a kid. So therefore yeah. I must never be able to do that ever again. It's never going to happen for me. And I felt that all the way through it. A lot of fitness things were so inaccessible for me. I grew up really fast. I was tall at a young age. I was of a higher body weight than all of my peers. And so it was just easier to be like, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. than to face what felt like weakness, what felt like yeah. othering myself out of the experience that everybody else was having. Let's keep in mind, this is back in the day when you joined a gym and they measured your body fat in front yeah, of everybody. It was like the this was exactly like, I told my kids that in high school and gym class, like I got weighed in front of all of my friends and they were like, what? They made okay. you weigh yourself in front of your friends. I was like, yeah, like, and that has, I immediately dropped gym after that. I never mm -hmm. went back. Like after yeah. that happened, I like, I stuck out that year and I dropped it as soon as I could. So watching my kids like stay in gym class, I'm always like, what's motivating you? How are you doing mm -hmm. this? It's, it's, it's amazing to see that the world is changing yeah. and it's also very disordered still. And we're still sort of like finding that needle in the haystack of good mm -hmm. people to follow great ways for us to sort of find that health and fitness. And I think I'm just so driven now, especially when you have health stuff pop up, you realize you're not immortal. <laughs> and yeah, you have a exactly. gray hair come in or you, you approach 40 and you start to go through these things and you're like, okay, wait a second. I don't have this body forever. Mm -hmm. I want to get as much time. Like you said, I really want to work for the future. I want to work for my children. Exactly. There's so much more. And I don't want to approach this with hate. I'm so inspired by you and everything you do. We didn't even get into it, but you have some of the most fun recipes on <laughs> social media. I just, I love your approach to being a creator because it's, it's honestly so calming and so lovely. And I don't know if you do that with intention every time, but it is really just to look back and be like, man, I followed you for like more than half a decade. And I have just never felt anything but like warth and good and inspiration from your work, which is 
why I just super recommend people to follow you, but where can people sort of find you, get into what you're doing and sort of you, you give a lot of free stuff to people too. You show daily movements and free recipes. There's a lot of ways that we can sort of access this stuff for free. So share a little bit more about how we can find you and tune in. Yeah, thank you. And I, I promise I would love to cook a meal for you one day. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> Food oh is my, my love language. And really? that's another thing, oh. like, again, approaching it without judgment, enjoying it, not feeling yes. like is this, this or that or that, you know, obviously try to eat as healthy as you can and whole mm-hmm. foods, but enjoy those treats. And for me, that's like memories with my family, like my love of yes. food came from my mom and their background. And I feel like there's so much tradition in that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we can have a chat about that in a whole other, but it's food is like, again, another way, like approach it with love and it will give you love back. Like, don't feel like you have to deny yourself and don't feel like food is a punishment. Think of it as like nourishment and memories and connection. And it's, I think yeah. like, you know, that's my love for food, but you can find me. I'm on Instagram probably every day um, at Zalibai. So that's my first, my first initial and Alibai, my last name, and then on TikTok. And then my business is called The Fit Nest. And so you can find me on thefitness.ca and on YouTube, I'm at The Fit Nest as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah, for everything today. This is very fun, very motivating, very timely for me. I hope it is for a lot of other people too. Um, Like I said to everyone, I'm going to have everything in the show notes for you and check her page out. I think you will be so warmed by this approach Mm -hmm. to health and fitness. And it's so needed in a time like now, like I, you know me, I would never recommend a page if I didn't think it was going to actually contribute in a very positive way. So thank you for all your work and everyone. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.